I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, Father, we thank you for this time that we have to fellowship around your word. We thank you that your word is life-giving. It is a lamp unto our feet, and it is a light unto our path. And as we sit before the feet of the Holy Spirit to hear your word, I thank you that every heart in this place will be transformed. We will leave here not only convicted, but we'll leave here convinced that your word is not man's word. It is the word of the living God. It is able to change. It is able to transform. It is also able to, uh, to take us out of darkness into marvelous light. So as I have decreased, I thank you for the anointing of God increasing to feed every person spiritually the word of God. And I pray that you will help me articulate in the natural what you have shown in the spirit. And we give you free reign and liberty. And we thank you that signs, miracles, and wonders are going to follow the word as we teach it. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You may be seated this morning. Our current series is True Answers in Troubled Times. Say that with me. Say True Answers in Troubled Times. And the purpose of this series is to help any believer lift their faith answer tough questions about life, and provide overcoming solutions for any past, present, or future difficulty. Our lesson today is entitled, Faith It Until You Make It. I'm going to say that again. Faith it until you make it. I didn't say fake it. I said faith it until you make it. And the goal of today's message is to help us see that the doorway through and out of every form of trouble or difficulty or distress is our faith. So I want you to turn your Bibles to the book of Luke chapter 8, Luke chapter 8. And I want to warn you ahead of time, if you cannot take notes and concentrate at the same time, this is one of those messages that you just need to listen and then get the CD afterwards. In fact, I would encourage everyone to get the CD because I promise you this is going to help you transform your life when it comes to difficulty that you experience. Luke chapter 8, if you're there, say I'm there. We said this story last week. I'm going to read it again. In verse 23, let's start in verse 22. It says, now it came to pass on that day that he went into a ship with his disciples. It's talking about Jesus. And he said unto them, Read it with me. Let us go over unto the other side of the lake. And they what? And they launched forth. But watch what what happened. But as they sailed, he fell asleep. And there came a storm of wind on the lake. And they were filled with water and were in jeopardy. And they came to him and awoke him and they said, Master, we perish. Then he arose and he rebuked the wind and the raging of the water. And they ceased and there was a calm. 
And then I want you to read just the first part with me. Read it with me. Let's read. And he said unto them, where is your faith? Now, there, there are some things that I want you to see out of that verse. First of all, this verse of scripture implies that their faith was the answer to the trial that they were facing. Do you see that? When they saw the storm, Jesus dealt with the storm. And then afterwards, he asked them, where was their faith? Which implies that their faith was able to deal with the storm. So anything that happens in your life, it is your faith that God has put inside of you that has been designed to conquer any storm. Now, you can write this down. Our faith was designed to endure and get, out, get us out of any stormy situation and help us experience God's promises for our lives. Our faith was designed to endure and to get us out of stormy situations and help us experience the promises of God. Now, I want you to keep your hand here. And, and well, let me just point out something else to you here. The, the reason I say their faith was the thing that could have got them out of the trouble because if you notice, Jesus asked them, where is your what? Their, where is your faith? So, as a believer, your faith is one of, one of your biggest assets in your life. Now, go to 1 John. Keep your hand here because we may come back. Go to 1 John chapter 5. We read this one last week as well. This is a semi-review to a certain degree, but I wanted to make certain points as we move forward. 1 John chapter 5, and then we're going to look in verse 4. And we talked about there are two different types of victories that we can experience as believers. And both of these, uh, these victories require applying our faith to win in life. And in 1 John chapter 5, verse 4, it says, For whosoever or whatsoever is born of God, what happens to those people? They overcome the world. Now, that's positional victory. Once you are in Christ, the scripture says, Old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. It says God causes us to triumph in Christ Jesus. So guess what? We are winners in Christ Jesus, but that's a positional victory. But then the one that we have to apply on a daily basis in order to win is also purposeful victory. And that one must be activated. Now watch this now. He says in the, in the continuation of the verse, and this is the victory that overcomes the world. Read it with me. Even our faith. So what causes us to overcome the world? Our faith. So it doesn't matter what, what happens in the economy, what happens in the world, what happens on my job, what happens in the government. He's saying that we have a spiritual endowment in us called faith that can overcome anything that we experience. Amen. Now, uh, go to Daniel. Go to Daniel. That's in the Old Testament. Go to Daniel because uh, there are two things that I talked about that will help us activate purposeful victory and one of them was fellowship and the other one was faith i'm going to give you one example of how fellowship with god can help you overcome anything that you experience in your life and that's why the devil fights you from reading god's word that's why he fights you from spending time with god that's why he fights you from memorizing the bible if you can memorize all those rap songs you ought to be able to memorize the bible listen do not underestimate your children if they can listen Know all the rap songs of Jay-Z, they ought to be able to learn all the words of J.C. Some of y'all didn't get that, did you? I'm going to say that one again. If they can memorize all the words in the, in the, in the song that Jay-Z wrote, they ought to be able to memorize the words that J.C. wrote. 
Just because just if you don't know, J.C. is Jesus Christ. All right. That was his hip-hop name back in the day. All right. <laughs> All right. Let's look at Daniel because Daniel was a great example of his fellowship with God and his belief in what God would do, not just what, uh, what God could do that brought him out of trouble. Now, let me say that again because I want to uh, show something to you. Daniel was a great example of his fellowship with God and his, his belief in what God would do. See, a lot of people have belief in what God could do, but not necessarily what God would do. See, you can believe that God could heal, but the question is, will he heal you? And Daniel had a belief that God was able to deliver and bring him out of trouble. And in Daniel chapter 6, are you there? Go to chapter 6. Let's look now in verse 1. Basically, long story short, Daniel got a promotion. And anytime you get a promotion, it invites haters. So stop crying about all these people on your job that hate you, that are bike biting you, that are trying to bring you down. Stop crying about it because guess what? You invited it when you got promoted. But let me say this. God will take care of your enemies if you will let him. If you take care of your enemies, they're going to come back. But if he takes care of them, he will wipe them out. Ask Goliath. All right. In, in Daniel chapter 1, uh, it says, it pleased Darius... Uh, to set over the kingdom 120 princes, which should be the whole kingdom, and over these three presidents, of whom Daniel was the first president. Now, verse 3, And then Daniel was preferred above the presidents and the princes because he had an excellent spirit within him, and the king thought to set him over the whole realm. Basically, Daniel became vice president of a kingdom. Look in verse 4. Then the president and the princes sought to find occasion against Daniel concerning the kingdoms. But they could not find anything against him. For as much as he was faithful, there was, uh, neither was there any error or fault found in him. Then said these men, we shall not find any occasion against Daniel except we find something against him concerning the law of his God. So basically, they got the king to set up some, some laws that says that if you, you pray to anybody for like 40, 24 hours or a day or whatever it was, 30 days, uh, if you pray to somebody, you will get killed. So now, in verse 8, it says, now the, key, the king, he established this decree, he signed it. And then what happened? Verse 10. Now, when Daniel knew that the that writing had been signed or the law that had been signed, he went into his house and his windows being open in his chamber toward Jerusalem. He kneeled upon his knees three times a day. And he what class? He prayed and he gave thanks before his God as he did a four times. See, they, they saw Daniel do this every day. So they said, the only way we're going to get Daniel is to see if we can uh, do something against his God. So they knew that he was going to pray. So after he prayed, look what happened in verse 11. They got together. Uh, verse 12. They called they call the king together and said, king, hey, we found somebody who's breaking your rules, man. And he said, who is it? He said, Daniel. Okay, well, let's jump down now to verse 10. Or go up to verse 10. Well, let me just stick with how I'm doing it. Look in verse 12. Let me just stick with what I'm doing. Then they came near and spoke 
before the king concerning the king's decree. Have you not signed a decree of any God or man within 30 days except of thee, O king, shall be cast into the what? The den of lions. And the king answered and said, it is true. And basically they started telling it on Daniel. So Daniel got through into the lion's king. But let me show you what was positive about this. Daniel had fellowship with God on a regular basis. And he knew what God could do because he had been with God regularly. So if you will look now, when he got through, he was getting ready to get through in the, in the, into the, den, the lion's uh, den. And the king was upset about it to the point where the king fasted himself for Daniel. But watch what happened before he got through in. Uh, uh, and even the king had belief in Daniel. He says in verse 16, Then the king commanded and they brought Daniel and cast him into the den, dens of the lion. And then the king spoke unto Daniel and said, Thy God whom you serve continually, he will deliver you. Isn't that awesome? He said, "My your God is going to deliver you. And then, if you look, it says in verse 17, uh, and they brought the stone, laid it upon the mouth, and the king sealed it. And in verse 18, the king went to his palace. He fasted all night. Then the king arose very early in the morning, and he, with haste, went to the lion's den. And watch this, watch this, watch this, verse 20. And when he came to the den, he cried with a voice and said, Daniel, and, and, he, and the king spoke, and Daniel said, Oh, Daniel, he said, servant of the living God, uh, is thy God whom you serve continually able to deliver you from the lions? And then Daniel said unto him, O king, live forever. Watch this. My God has set his angels and has shut the lion's mouth that they have not hurt me for as much as before him innocent was found in me. Also before thee, O king, have I done no hurt. Listen, Daniel had spent some time with God that he knew that somehow God was going to deliver him. And that's what it takes. But that's not my focus this morning. I just wanted you to see that it helped Daniel go through the circumstances because he spent some time with God. But that was the other thing that Daniel needed. And, there, and that was faith. Everybody say faith. faith. Look in verse 23. Then the king was exceedingly glad for him and commanded that they should take Daniel out of the den. So Daniel was taken out of the den and no manner of hurt was found upon him because, read it with me. Come on, read it again. He believed in his God. And when you are going through difficult situations in your life, it is not time to believe CNN. It is not time to believe Fox News. It is not time to believe the newspaper. It is time to believe in your God. Amen. It shows that he had belief in what God called, uh, knew, that he knew what God could do so that he could stand and see the salvation of God. Now go to Psalm 31 since we're in the Old Testament and then we're going to jump into the New Testament. Psalm 31. Psalm 31. See, when you're in fellowship with God, you got to hide yourself in the secret place of the Almighty. See, whether you know it or not, there is a secret place in God. See, normally when something is a secret, everybody don't know about it. And, 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 and when you hide yourself in his, in his secret place, that's where his presence is. In Psalm 30, where did I tell you to go? Psalm 31, look in verse 20. Psalm 31, 20, watch this now. It says, thou shalt hide them in the secret of thy presence from the pride of man 
and you shall keep them secretly in a pavilion from the strife of tongues. When you are in the secret place of the Almighty, it doesn't matter who's talking about you because his presence is keeping you. Psalm 32, 7 and 8, just write it down. It says, you, you are my hiding place. You have preserved me from trouble. You have compassed me about with songs of deliverance. Selah, I will instruct thee. This is God talking. I will instruct ye thee and teach you in the way which you, which you should go. I will guide you with my eye. Psalm 81, 7 says, thou cause in trouble I, and I have delivered thee. When you call me in trouble, I will deliver you. I answered you in the secret place of thunder. I've proved to you as the waters of Meribah. God is saying, if you are just, you know, find that secret place and you spend that time with him. He says, I will preserve you. And then he says, I will show you the way that you should go. Psalm 16, 11 says, thou shalt show me the path of life. In thy presence is the fullness of joy. And at your, your right hand are pleasures of forevermore. What you don't understand is when, diff- listen, when difficult times are coming, you have to spend the time in God's presence because that's where your joy is going to come from. Listen, I like the NIV of Psalm 16, 11. It says, you have made known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence. You will fill me with joy in your presence. And that's why the enemy wants you to not be in the presence of God. That's why he keeps, wants to keep you from church. Because, see, this is where God's presence is corporately manifested. This is where you can hear songs that will lift you up. This is where you now have time to focus on God and not on your problems and give him glory and get him praise. Amen. Now, remember that story we read over in Luke where it says Jesus said to them, where is your faith? That means to me it was obvious that it was the faith of Jesus that caused that storm to calm. Now, Notice, let's go back there. I told you to keep your hand there. Go back there real quickly. Go back there real quickly. Notice that Jesus' faith was activated by two things. Now, I'm getting ready to get something. These are some principles that I live by. I'm telling you, this will work for you in your daily life. Go back to Luke chapter 8, look in verse 23. There were two things that Jesus did that activated his faith. Watch this now. And I'm going to tell you what they are, and then I'm going to show you through the verses. The first thing that was activated was desire. Desire. And a desire is a strong belief in something that you desire to have, and that will take God's help in order for you to receive it. In other words, you have to start with a desire. Now in Luke chapter 8, look in verse 23. Notice he says, but as they sail, he fell asleep. Well, let's go back up to verse 22. He said, let us go over to the other side. That was his desire. So in order for you to get out of a stormy situation, you have to have a desire to get out of it before you even get in it. Now, The second thing that Jesus did to activate his faith was declaration. Everybody say declaration. Now, what was the first one? Desire. What's the second one? Declaration. Now, declaration is a statement made to a person, a circumstance, or a thing with the intent on getting or receiving the very thing that you specifically desired. 
I'm going to say that again. A declaration is a statement made to a person, made to a circumstance, or made to a thing with the intent on getting or receiving the very thing that you specifically desired. So if you notice now in the, in, the, in the next verse, in verse 24, he says, And they came to him and awoke him and said, Master, we perish. He arose and he rebuked the what? What did he do? He rebuked the wind and the raging of the water and they ceased and there was a calm. Jesus used a declaration of his faith to, to declare to the circumstance, you can't stay here. Now, in Matthew chapter 9, verse uh, 22, that was the story of the, the woman with the issue of blood. Let's go there. We're in the New Testament. Let's just go there. Matthew chapter 9. Matthew 9. Matthew 9. You have to declare. You have to have a desire. And you have to declare what you want to see God do. And what's happening to us right now, we do the opposite. We're doing backwards of what's happening. The enemy knows that through desiring and through declarations that we'll get out. So what he does, he puts fear in us. And then through the fear, we start talking about what we're fearing. Now in uh, Matthew chapter 9, look in verse 22. Let me show you this same principle, this same woman with the issue of blood used to heal her of her disease. In Matthew 9, 22, watch what it says. It says, but Jesus turned about. Well, let's go back up because let me show you where her desire was. Look in verse 8. While he spoke those things, behold, there came a ruler and worshiped him. My daughter is even dead. Will you come and lay your hands on her and she will live? Verse 19. And Jesus arose and followed him and so did his disciples. Look in verse 20. And behold a woman with, which was diseased with an issue of blood. How many years class? Twelve years. She came behind him and she touched the hem of his garment. Now watch this now. Let me show you her desire. Verse 21. For she said within herself. If I may just touch his garment, I will be made whole. Her desire was healing and not to just go to the doctor. And sometimes we're going through things and we're looking at things that can't heal us, but only help us. The man that sat at the the, the gate, beautiful, he was begging for money, but money was not going to heal him. Money would help him, but money wouldn't heal him. So we see here her desire was to be healed. Well, she said within herself, she made a, she had a desire. She made a declaration and she got healed. Go to Mark chapter 10. Just go to the next book. Mark chapter 10, Mark chapter 10. Let me show you this whole principle again. You have to have a desire and then you have to declare what you want. In uh, uh, Mark chapter 10, look in verse 52. Mark 10, 52. Now, this was about a man who needed healing. And uh, if you look in in, uh, verse 46, it says, And he came to Jericho, and he went out of Jericho with his disciples, and a great number of people, uh, one of them being blind Barnabas, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway begging. And when he heard that Jesus of Nazareth, when he heard he, he was coming, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, the Son of God, have mercy on me. Now watch this now. I love what happened. Jesus finally stopped when he heard blind Bartimaeus. And then in verse 51, he says, And Jesus answered and said to him, What will you have me to do for you? Notice Jesus asked him what he wanted, not what was going on in his life. 
It was obvious the man was blind, but you know what? He could have asked blind Bartimaeus because the Bible just said he was begging for money. He could have just asked Jesus, can, I, can you spot me $10, Jesus? And sometimes we're asking for not what we need, we're asking for what we want. But in this case, blind Bartimaeus, Jesus said, what do you want from me? He could have asked Jesus for a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. But he was very specific and he says, look now, uh, uh, look in verse, uh, where did I stop at? 51. Look in verse 51. He says, what would you have me to do for you? And the blind man said that I may receive my what? In other words, he had to make a declaration. And that's what you got to do. And when you're going through hard times, you just can't go through them. You got to go through them with a desire and a declaration. Amen. Uh, go, to, go to 2 Samuel. I'm not going to get through my lesson. Go to 2 Samuel uh, chapter 7. This is a very good lesson. I'm not, are y'all learning something so far? Watch this though. Go to 2 Samuel. Go back to 2 Samuel and uh, go to chapter 7. Let, let me show you how the contradictions of life, you should not allow them to govern your internal beliefs of God's word. See, uh, day one when we started our church, I started looking for land on day one. Even though our church had no credit and even though we have some money, we didn't have no money to buy the land. And what was interesting is the land values just kept going up. And then at the worst time of the economy, because see what believers don't realize, the best time for wealth transfer is not when the world is doing good, but when the world is doing bad. And so that's why your expectation and your belief should go up when things are bad, not down. And even though the times were bad, we were still looking for some land. And God gave me a verse to, to hook my faith on. And you can't have faith without the word. Amen. No motivational speaker can give you faith. All they can do is give you encouragement. But faith only comes from the word. Watch this. 2 Samuel chapter 7. Look in verse 10. 2 Samuel 7 verse 10. Now, this is the, this is the verse that Pastor Eben and Word of Truth Family Church should be standing on. This is what it says. It says, moreover, I will. This is God talking. He says, moreover, I will appoint a place. For word of truth family church. And I will plant them. That they may dwell in a place of their own. And move no more. I said God. I'm tired of going through school after school. It is time for us to have our own place. And I read that verse. I said that's for me right there. And when I began to stand on that verse. Even though the economy was bad. Somebody had to show me some favor. Because that's what God's word says. We didn't cut back on our giving. We didn't cut, start cutting back on our believing. We just stood on the word and I began to confess that. In fact, if you look at last year's calendar, it is on the front of your calendar. And it's on the front of this one. Moreover, I would appoint a place for Word of Truth Family Church and I will plant them and they will have a place of their own and move no more. And so I began to declare that. And then all of a sudden, the broker that we used found some land that wasn't even up for sale. Went to the man, and the man originally wanted $1.5 million for the land. Say, he's not getting $1.5 million. You're never going to get the first price from me. 
So long story short, we got him down to 1.2 million. Okay, see that? That's 300,000. How many is that? That's $300,000 that we got him to come down through the favor of God. And this man looked at me while we, before we closed, I mean, he had his CPA to scour our financials, to look over our cash flow, to look at every account we got. And he could not deny the fact that we could afford this, 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 this land. So the dilemma was, who's going to finance this land? Well, in bad times, guess it, listen, in bad times, favor always comes from your enemies. Always. Who did the children of Israel get it from before they got ready to leave? From the Egyptians. The Egyptians were the ones that were making them slaves. And so, you know, I just looked at the man and said, guess what? You're going to have to finance this. Long story short, not only did he finance it, for the first three months, the man called me on my cell phone thanking me for an early payment. But in the meeting, he said, you should look to not do good for 2010. Because the economy shows that it's going to be a bad year. And I had to pump this man up with some faith. He says, I see you can afford the loan, but where are you going to get you know, the million dollars from in five years. And I was thinking to myself, I'm going to give you that million dollars probably in a year, man. And if you include the payments we've already made on the land and the money we have now, guess what? We could have almost paid almost half of the loan off right now. So what am I saying? I didn't finish my lesson. That's one thing I'm saying. Can I give you one more scripture? Okay, go to 2 Corinthians. Go to 2 Corinthians. Because this is, this is, this is, this is going to put the nail on the head right here. 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians. Go to 2 Corinthians right here. Chapter 4. The second service is just going to have to wait for the transition. 2 Corinthians 4. Watch this now. Faith must be expressed through words that we speak along with corresponding actions in order for it to stay alive and to work. I'm going to say that again. Faith must be expressed through words that we speak along with corresponding actions in order for your faith to stay alive and to work. Watch this. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, look at verse 14. It's, this is Paul talking. He says, we having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, he says, read it with me. I believed and therefore have I spoken and we also believe and therefore we speak. When you believe, you will say something. And what the devil tries to do in difficult times is to get you to say either nothing or what you're feeling. Never trust your feelings through a difficult time because your feelings will lie to you. The flesh is always weak. So you don't want to listen to your flesh. Listen to the spirit of God. And so guess what? We have to get to a place where we allow that word to be so deep. Now watch this. When he says, uh, he says, uh, I, I have spoken and therefore we speak. The word speak there means to talk and to utter words and to say. Now, look in verse 16 and we'll close right here. I'll pick back up next week. When trouble raises its ugly head, we must remember that every trial and form of trouble is temporary and we must look to the unseen realm of our faith for God to bring us through. I'm going to say that again. 
When trouble raises its ugly head, we must remember that every trial and form of trouble is temporary and we must look to the unseen realm of our faith for God to bring us through. Look at verse 16 of the same thing that we just read. He says, for this cause we faint not. But though our outward man perish, that, that flesh man is weak. He says, but yet inwardly, the inward man is renewed day by day. Watch, watch his perspective on difficult times. He said, for our light affliction, which is just for a moment. Everybody say for a moment. Trouble don't last always. He says it's only for a moment, but it's going to work for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Watch this verse 18. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things that we are not seen are eternal. So when you're going through a difficult situation in your life, don't look at what you see because it's temporary. You need to look at the word because it's eternal. Jesus said, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word ain't going nowhere. We will continue next week. Did you get something out of the word? Give the Lord a hand clap if you did. If you would bow your heads right there at your seat. Everybody, if you would bow your heads. You may be here this morning. And you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your personal savior. 